This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Downey. Our guest this week is Leslie Saracen, President and CEO of FMI, the Food Industry Association. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. Syngenta is delivering technology and fighting climate change. Learn more at Syngenta.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with FMI's Leslie Saracen next. Today's Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. Syngenta aims to deliver at least two technological breakthroughs each year to reduce agriculture's contribution to climate change. That goal is matched by a drive to reduce the carbon intensity of the company's entire operations by at least 50% by 2030. See what innovative thinking and collaboration can accomplish. Learn more at Syngenta.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The COVID pandemic brought a sea change of where and how consumers shop for food. FMI President and CEO Leslie Saracen says many of those shifts seem to have happened overnight and have rapidly brought new paradigms that are here to stay. You know, in January of 2020, uh, at our annual uh, midwinter executive conference, we were discussing a lot about industry shifts and talking primarily about shifts in online shopping. And um, it's been phenomenal uh, in the, the year and a half since that time because the kinds of, of growth that we were projecting in online shopping over the course of the coming five years actually happened over the course of the ensuing five months. So uh, shoppers changed. Um, the way our businesses responded changed, and we've seen tremendous growth in online shopping as just one example in the kinds of changes in shopping behaviors we've seen. I noted one headline in the study that suggested grocery shopping has changed quicker than shoppers. I think that's exactly right. You know, what we see happening is shoppers are engaging much more in stock-up trips now than the the more frequent fill-in approach that they were using prior to the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and as I've mentioned previously, they are exercising this new online shopping skill set um, tremendously quickly. We have now about two-thirds of all U.S. adults shopping online for grocers. Um, and and I'd say the the other big shift we've seen is a focus among our shoppers are for um, letting their personal concepts of what it means to them to eat well and to be well, um, that is definitely having an impact on their food and shopping behaviors. What is the state of the industry right now? Because it seems that the major online big box is doing well, but there might be some challenges for the smaller mom-and-pop and regional groups? Well, I think as a whole, the industry has come through the, the pandemic with flying colors. Um, I think the speed with which the industry was able to respond uh, to this tremendous growth in grocery shopping uh, is nothing short of miraculous. I mean, if you think about the changes... Um, where, you know, prior to the pandemic, we had roughly 50% of uh, the food dollar being spent away from the home and 50% being spent at home. And in a matter of literally days, that went um, up to, you know, somewhere in the 75 to 80% of uh, the food dollar being spent at home. 
that had such an impact and so quickly on the grocery retail sector. Um, and I think our supply chain held up well. I think our industry responded well. Um, a lot of, of effort focused on maintaining the health and safety of both our workers as well as our customers in the store. Um, so I think the, the industry is strong and, and doing well. Now, as you've indicated, there are some differences. Um, I think the companies that were able to uh, pivot quickly uh, using technology uh, and using it uh, effectively to meet their customers' needs for being able to shop online, um, they responded quickly and they benefited quickly. And, of course, their customer base benefited quickly. Um, and I think to, as we look to the future, what we're going to see is those companies who are uh, adept at responding to the customer base they're serving and the needs that they have will continue to do well. So it's, uh, it's going to be an, an interesting uh, year or two as we come out of the pandemic to see how the industry responds and what customers are looking for. In terms of purchasing decisions and the industry, uh, the study points out three particular areas that I'd like to put in play, and then let's talk about the, the generations of shoppers that we have today. Influenced by macroeconomics, influenced by food culture, and, and then certainly the value uh, that consumers have. How do these three dynamics, how have they played, and how are they still at play? Well, let, let me start with the, the values that consumers have. I think one of the things that we had begun to see prior to the pandemic is this notion of um, customers looking at companies that they support, that where they spend their money, and evaluating what the company's values are. Um, and I'm talking here about things like um, uh, sustainability, animal welfare, um, how a company treats its employees, and those types of things. So much more focused on social values, and I think customers were beginning to look at those companies and, and, and evaluating um, how they felt there, there was a match-up between the customer's own personal values and those of the company. Um, I think as we've gone through uh, the pandemic, that didn't go away, but it, it moved down on the, the level of concerns among customers, and as we now come out of the pandemic, my sense is there is a little bit of a pent-up um, frustration or need to, to vent about some of the social concerns that people have. And I think we're going to see uh, an increased focus by customers on those same kinds of values as they evaluate where they want to spend their dollars and what kinds of companies they want to shop in. So our, I think it is important for our industry to be very cognizant of that development and think about uh, the kinds of examples they're setting in how they manage their stores, how they manage their employees, um, who their investors are, and all of those types of things that go into to a social consciousness um, in, in our society today. Let me jump in here before we get to the other two and, and ask from the consumer value standpoint and from this aspect, if you will, of food culture, what's the difference between a boomer and a Generation Z? Do we all shop the same or are these generations influenced by, by different elements? Well, I think they're, they're influenced tremendously by different elements. Um, I think if you look at Gen Z's, 
you see a much more focus on technology, much more focus on convenience, um, and uh, much more focus on social values than perhaps a boomer. And that definitely influences not only how they shop, but what they shop for. Um, and th- I mentioned a few minutes ago this notion of, of, of being personally well. Um, I think their notions of what makes them well is also quite different. And so all of these things influence the way they shop and what they shop for. Um, and, and that's, you know, is something that, that the retail community has to be so cognizant of um, as they try to meet the needs of their shoppers. You know, one of the things that I, I think the retail community has always prided itself on is being uh, hyper-local in the sense of being very focused on the communities they serve. And particularly for large national retailers, that varies dramatically depending on the communities they're in. And so being able to be cognizant of, of the differences in generations and the differences in local food cultures, for example, uh, has a tremendous impact not only on what's stocked in the store, but how it's merchandised and the way it's sold to the customer. In terms of the food dollar, obviously uh, a lot of people have been challenged. There has been government support. We still have nutrition programs. How is the economy toward the food dollar, and, and what would you anticipate as we work our way, uh, hopefully, toward brighter days in the economic recovery? Well, as you say, there have been uh, challenges in various sectors of our economy, um, and I think there's been a, a very much a focus by the federal government as well as state and local governments uh, to try to expand where appropriate and where, uh, where necessary uh, some of the federal feeding programs, you know, we have the, the SNAP program and also uh, the WIC program, um, both of which have gone through an evolution during the pandemic as well. Particularly in the SNAP program, there was actually at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a pilot going on um, in various uh, locations around the country uh, through USDA to evaluate how it might work to allow for uh, online shopping using uh, SNAP benefits and um, how that would work. And over the course of the ca- pandemic, we went from, I think, three or four states where these pilots were going to I think we're up to either 47 or 48 states now that are actually allowing online shopping uh, for federal benefit programs. So, you know, the, the technology, uh, use of technology to be able to uh, meet the needs of customers where they are, and in addition to also up the benefit levels, I think has helped tremendously address some of these uh, these need states that we see as a result of the pandemic. So there was some shifting going on, and the question that I'm leading to now is, are these shifts now permanent? Your studies suggest those eating at home up 54%, which made sense. The restaurants were closed. If you're going to eat at home, you're going to prepare foods at home up 44%. Eating healthy up 23%. Shopping online up 19%. What is here to stay? Well, it's hard to know for sure, of course. Um, a lot of what, what what we're talking about these days are the kinds of things that the shoppers are telling us themselves. Uh, we have been asking shoppers throughout the pandemic uh, what their habits are, what their their desires are, what they like, what they don't like, 
And more recently, we've been asking them what they think is going to be their shopping patterns of the future. Um, and what we're told by our customer base is that they intend to continue to eat more meals at home. Now, that, that does not mean they're not going out to restaurants. I think we all know that, um, to a large extent, those of us who are in areas that are pretty much op- back open now, um, it's wonderful to be able to go out to a restaurant again. But I also think that, one, that we've learned a lot of things through, in the, through the pandemic and being at home. And one is we've become reacquainted with our kitchens. Um, we have much closer relationships with our kitchens than, than we have had before. And I think we've been reminded, those of us who knew how to cook, have been reminded that, you know, we kind of like cooking at home. Um, those of us who didn't know how to cook um, have enjoyed learning, uh, to some extent at least, how to cook some things that we couldn't do before. And overall, what we find is that um, families are delighted that they've had the time at home together. Now, I know there are a lot of jokes about, you know, my husband has always said, you know, for better or for worse, but not for lunch. And I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's been a, a, some of that mentality and a lot of jokes about it. But at the end of the day, I think we've all become much more reacquainted with our families and have enjoyed being at home. Um, I think we've learned that we eat healthier when we're at home. Um, And I also think as a result of the pandemic, there are some economic reasons why many of us uh, will eat at home more frequently in the future and out less. Um, because it's just more economical to eat at home. Starting and looking now at perhaps some trends that are going to influence. I remember when the popular pizza chain suggested we'll deliver your pizza pie in 30 minutes or less. Well, now I'm hearing grocery stores and others who say we'll deliver your food to you in a certain amount of time or less. Does this mean we need less refrigerators? Does this mean that they're going to be offering prepared foods that all I have to do is put pop in the oven and, and warm up? Am I going to have an opportunity to, to sample some new food products that I might not otherwise because I'm being influenced digitally? What, what gates are coming open now? I think all of the ones you just said are definitely coming open. Um, I think our retailers are uh, very much focused on prepared foods. Uh, they understand that even if our families enjoy cooking and even if they have really liked being home, they also want that, continue to want that convenience factor. And so uh, prepared foods will continue to be important. And, you know, our notion, I think, also of what cooking from scratch means has changed dramatically. So it's not the cooking from scratch that, that your grandmother and my grandmother did necessarily. Um, cooking from scratch may mean that I put it in the oven and then heat it up and take it out. Um, that means I, I participated. I may not have done the whole thing, but I participated in the process. And so I think um, we will continue to see much more of that, and I think retailers um, are very focused on how they can help facilitate that kind of, of a, an opportunity. You know, we do see more home delivery, but the tremendous growth that we've seen during this time has been on what, what I refer to as click and collect. Um, so you go online, you order your uh, groceries, and you select a time period that you'd like to have it available. You drive up, you let them know that you're there, and they come and uh, put your groceries in the trunk of your car, and you drive away. 
um, that has become tremendously popular. Um, and, and even among people who never thought that they would do something like that. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people who always thought nobody could me, but me could pick out my tomatoes. Well, during COVID, I learned that that's not true. There are a lot of people out there who can pick good tomatoes, sometimes better than the ones I would pick. So I think we've all learned through this process that things we thought we would never do um, actually never is a really long time. So I ask now about the, the poultry industry, but especially the red meat industry. I, I'm a guy who came from a farm, and I take selecting meat that I'm going to bring home for my family pretty seriously. Does this change the shopping experience there and the influence of, of what actually makes it into the shopping cart uh, or the, the crate that I bring home? Well, I think it does to a large extent, but I think, you know, grocery shopping is a very personal thing. And I think with time, as you you purchase from a, a grocer, uh, you begin to learn about the, the different types of products they have, and you develop a trust factor there. And I think the trust factor, the data shows that the trust factor that um, customers have with their primary store uh the place that they shop the most, um, is higher than it's been in decades. And so um, I think we're developing, redeveloping that reliance and that willingness to trust that someone else can help us make those decisions and we'll do a good job at it. Do storefronts give way to warehouses? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 you know. I think the jury's out on that one. I think there is still a lot to be said for brick and mortar, and I think the the very successful brick and mortar stores are the ones that are able to create the experience that customers can enjoy. Even those of us who are shopping online, we still want to be able to go into the store and look and see what's new and what's different. And um, you know, particularly during the pandemic, it became sort of the the social. Uh, in, engagement part of our, our lives, too. Um, but I think there's still, a, uh, in some communities at least, still some social aspects to grocery shopping. Do you see food labels and information about food or the sustainability factor uh, or the practices of the company becoming more important? I absolutely do. I think it is terribly important. And, in fact, we have been working for several years um, between the retail sector and the supplier community on developing some uh, technological ways to make more information available to our customers. Um, you know, if you look at a food, particular food package, there's not a lot of real estate available on there. Um, there's already so much information on the package that beginning to add additional things is really challenging, particularly for smaller items. So we've created um, a... a technology platform that we call Smart Label. And essentially, it allows a customer to scan a code on the product itself that takes them to um, a, an app that shows them all of the, the background of the inf- of information on the product itself. It has all of the, the basic things, of course, that are required by, by federal law uh, to be included, but then the manufacturer can determine additional types of information that they'd like to include, like where the product was grown, what kinds of allergens may be included, um, uh, whether it is uh, genetically modified. There, you know, just there's just a, a 
real wealth of information that consumers are looking for potentially that manufacturers and producers can include through technology to make it available to the customers who are interested in looking for it. In the eyes of the consumer, is the farmer slash producer, is their role more diminished or more predominant? I will say more predominant, and I'm basing that on a couple of things. One is where uh, we're promoting in-store where local produce came from, where other local products came from, and who the grower was, and um, as we think about traceability in the industry, there's much more focus on uh, where products came from and who produced them. The other thing I will say is that uh, one of the things we track year to year is uh, the influence of various entities on people's feeling, consumers' feelings of um, contentment with their health and well-being and who is contributing to their living healthier lives. And I will tell you that for a number of years as we've tracked this, farmers have been the highest rated by consumers um, of those that, are, that function within the food sector, um, so separate and apart from their doctors or their family members, et cetera. Farmers uh, consistently are highly rated, and we saw that that continued to be the case um, over the course of the past year during the pandemic. So I think that's only going to continue as people learn more about where their food comes from and have, a, have more of a focus on uh, that sensitivity uh, to the products they buy. Well, Lisa Saracen, congratulations on your honor, Association CEO of the Year. And thank you to you and to the food industry who worked so hard and diligently with our producers uh, to make sure that the COVID situation, while challenging as it was, that as many people as possible could be fed in the fashion that they choose. Thank you for your time to be with us on this edition of Open Mic. Lisa, it is Open Mic, and today you've got the last word. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the opportunity. Um, it's uh, the food retail sector and the food manufacturing sector uh, are such important parts of our society. Um, they've worked so hard to try to meet the needs of their customer base during the pandemic and uh, couldn't be more proud of what they've accomplished during this time. Um, I think we can all look forward to uh, an enhanced food supply as we move forward and more opportunities to build on all the learnings uh, that we've had during the pandemic, whether it's uh, the importance of family meals, the importance of nutrition and health, and uh, the opportunity to learn new ways of shopping. So uh, it's up from here and a very exciting time for the industry. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Leslie Saracen, President and CEO of FMI, the Food Industry Association, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, delivering breakthroughs in technology while cutting the company's carbon intensity by 50% by 2030. Learn more at Syngenta.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.